This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. It covers a wide variety of guests and topics. If you have any comments or suggestions for the program, please contact Bridget. That's B-R-I-G-I-D, Bridget, at catholicradioindy.org or call us at 317-870-8400. And now, here's today's edition of Faith in Action. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hey, Jim. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being with us today. And we've got a big event coming up that I know a lot of people are going to be interested in, so why don't we jump right in? Yeah, um, on April 10th, uh, coming up here locally at St. Elizabeth Seton in Carmel, Jason Everett will be live to present a double feature called Purified, and then the second uh, talk will be Gender and Theology of Your Body, and he joins us right now to talk about this topic. Well, so Welcome, Jason Everett. And you are the, you're famous, but uh, in the Catholic world of, of chastity and theology of the body, um, but you are the founder with your wife um, of the Chastity Project. So tell us a little bit about that mission. Yeah, so for the past 25 years, we've been blessed to be able to travel around the world to about six continents to speak to about two million people in person on the topic of chastity, of God's plan for human sexuality, uh, especially through the lens of Pope John Paul II's theology of the body. And, you know, you've kind of hit the jackpot because, I mean, wow, things have been really wild. <laughs> Business is good, I'm sure, in a good and a bad way, you know what I mean? Jason, is there such a thing as the uh, an elevator speech, so to speak, for the term theology of the body, of, you know, what it means in a nutshell? title given to five years worth of Wednesday audiences that St. John Paul II gave at the beginning of his pontificate uh, from 1979 to 1984 uh, that explains God's plan for human love, what it means to be human, like who are we, how we should live, and it's really a beautiful teaching that isn't so much arguing from the outside in. Now, here's all the rules you have to obey. It's more tapping into the deepest desires of the human heart, of the kind of love that God created us, that in our bodies is revealed our calling and our identity. Not only our identity as male and female, but our calling to make a gift of ourselves in life-giving love. So no matter what vocation you're called to, priesthood, marriage, whatever, um, your body reveals that we're created to make a gift of ourselves, and that our life kind of has meaning to the extent that it becomes a gift for others. Well, this event that's coming up um, uh, on April 10th is it's it's in the evening. It's from six to nine thirty p.m. and it's really um, it's really for you know young people over thirteen and and their parents. Um, parents need to have this conversation about um, the gift of human sexuality, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> parents are the primary sex educators. Not yeah. me. Not the state. Not the schools. Not the parish. It's the parents, but the challenge is, I mean, how many parents themselves were given a clear, adequate, and convincing explanation of chastity, like 1%, and now the parents are expected to give to their kids what was never given to them during a time in history that makes it more difficult than ever for the kids uh, to be pure. And so we just want to empower the parents in this message, so I'll be giving a chastity talk to the kids, you know, starting ages 13 years old and up. And we want the parents there to hear what I'm presenting so they can continue the conversation when they get home. And so the first part of the evening is that chastity talk. You know, 
covering tough issues of, you know, pornography and, and modesty and starting over and how far is too far, obviously in a way that's age-appropriate and reverent, but gives the kids straight answers to tough questions they have about human sexuality and God's plan for love. And it's, it's, com- it's, it's common for young people to start having these questions about, you know, human sexuality and the world, social media, you know, whoever influencer this, that, or the other thing, you know, they are answering those questions for them, but the information is typically not great. Oh, yeah. I mean, if the world, if the parents don't speak, I mean, the world is going to fill the void of that silence with a very contrary message. And, if you know, especially if the kid's got a cell phone and he's got questions about human sexuality, he's a lot more likely to just have Google answer those delicate questions instead of mom and dad. And so we got to talk about how to build that relationship between the parents and the kids so that way that communication door can be opened. Because it's not so much about giving a kid a talk. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't give your kid the math talk or the English talk and then you're done with it. You know, they should get, it's more of a conversation. It's, it's a lifelong formation process. And we're just here to back up the parents in their role as the primary sex educators. So, yeah, so the first half of the night is focusing more on uh, human sexuality in terms of an action and how to practice purity. We're talking with Jason Everett. He is the founder of the Chastity Project, and he's going to be in town April 10th to talk about, um, I guess, the gift of human sexuality in in an event called Purified. And then the second half is going to be um, talking about gender and the theology of your body. So talk about that part of it. Yeah, so if the first half of sexuality is something we do, the second part is more sexuality is something we are, made male and female, and the image and likeness of God. And obviously, especially young people today are really bombarded with these very confusing messages in terms of what it means to be human. How many genders are there? I know one girl applied to a university in California, fill out her college application, showed me, and there were 18 genders to pick from, and male and female weren't even options on the list to get into Stanford University. And that was in 2008. <laughs> and so the kids today are up against a lot on social media. And, you know, some people who experience gender dysphoria may wonder, okay, well, what's God's plan for me? You know, or a parent might be like, look, my, my niece or my daughter wants to identify as non-binary and use different pronouns and get top surgery. What's the response so the second talk really dives into those very delicate things with a lot of sensitivity, but acknowledging that people deserve love, but they also deserve the truth. And how do we do that as Catholics without alienating these people from our family while still helping them that their body isn't the problem? They're, you know, the, the, they don't need to hurt their body in order to be their authentic self. It's the, the culture that needs to be reconstructed, not your body. I, I know what you're talking about entirely. Uh, just the other night, I uh, was uh, got an email survey about the bank I go to. And I thought, okay, I'll answer a few questions about the bank. And they wanted to know, of course, your age, et cetera, et cetera. But then when they got to sex, they said male, female, and there were like four other choices. And I thought, really? Uh, but anyhow, oh, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, and, and even uh, at, at the doctor's office these days, when you pre-register online, it's the same thing, you know, male, female, or, and there's a, a list of options to choose from, as if there are any. Well, yeah, yeah. No, my son just applied for a job to be a, 
a little basketball coach for little kids, you know, at the YMCA. And, you know, his job application, you know, are you non-binary? Are you this? Are you that? <laughs> Teenagers are like, what, what the heck does this mean? And so, yeah, like you said, you can't escape it. And we don't need to escape it. We need to address it with love and clarity and charity. And so the second presentation talks about how exactly we can do that. Well, I think it's great that you are offering this kind of ministry and real resource to our culture because it's so greatly needed, especially, you know, for the parents. I mean, the young people and the parents are both getting bombarded, and we need direction and guidance on how to address these things in a very um, authentically Catholic response, but also a very loving response, you know, because those two things have to go together. But to be charitable doesn't mean to deny the truth, right? Yeah, because the world will say, look, well, you either accept these individuals and you affirm them, or you are rejecting them and you are abandoning them and you're a transphobic, hate-monging bigot. It's like, well, wait a minute, time out. Um, no, there's actually another path called accompaniment, where you're walking with these individuals in truth and in love. Because if you give someone love but you don't give them the truth, it's false compassion. And obviously how we apply that truth uh, needs to be sensitive and charitable and taken on a case-by-case basis. And so the intention behind that presentation and then the new book we just released on the topic is to kind of help families, individuals, educators, you know, wade through this difficult topic. Well, we are talking with Jason Everett. He is the founder of the Chastity Project. He is going to be in town. Um, it's it's Monday night. It is April 10th. It's from 6 to 9.30 p.m. at St. Elizabeth Seton. And you can actually register for this event by going to St. Elizabeth Seton's website. And there's you just click. There's a place where you can click there. And you can click on this podcast. There will be a link to that. Um, I do know that one other really good thing about this, not only are you going to get great information, but they've got um, – Eucharistic adoration, praise and worship, um, the opportunity to receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So it's going to be like a retreat experience, and you've been doing these all across the country, right? Right, Jason? Yeah, and the the idea is that you don't just come and get a motivational speech and some free books and stuff, uh, that you have the opportunity not only to enter into prayer together, but to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So you can just not just hear about forgiveness, but receive it. Like, you can walk out of the Church with your whole family as innocent as the day that you were baptized. The gift of sacrament reconciliation is going to be available for everybody, teenagers, as well as parents. Yes, and for the parents, maybe, well, I did something wrong there. I didn't, not, my parenting could be a little better, you know, maybe you need reconciliation for that. We have a couple minutes left, and I want to get to a couple of your resources. You mentioned you have a new book, and I also noticed you have a new podcast. So tell me about those two things. Yeah, the, the book is called Male female other, a Catholic guide to understanding gender. And uh, what that is, is answering the top 18 claims made by gender theory. Uh, You know, ideas that, you know, your identity can be something other than your body, and that, you know, puberty blockers are harmless, and if people don't transition, then they're going to commit suicide. And uh, should I be using this person's preferred pronouns? What about this? What about that? All those really delicate, touchy questions we go through with a lot of, like I said, charity and clarity. There's more than a thousand references in the end notes of peer-reviewed scientific journals backing up what the Church teaches on this subject. So that way, others can't take the moral high ground of like, oh, no, well, we love these individuals, so we're letting them transition. It's like, well, no, no, if you really love these individuals, you want to do what's best for them, and transitioning is not best. That's why there's more than 43,000 detransitioners on the website Reddit 
screaming from the rooftops that this is not the answer with all the hormones. And so the book answers that subject. And then we do have a podcast called Lust is Boring, and we interview different guests on all types of subjects having to do with dating, relationships, marriage, parenting, uh, how to break free from pornography, modesty, chastity, you name it. Uh, and so Lust is Boring is the name of the podcast, and the website is chastity.com, where you can get all the different books we create and get information on when we'll be speaking in your area. That is just great. I mean, this is such a great resource. And our, for our local audience, um, really want to encourage you to go to St. Elizabeth Seton. It's Monday, April 10th, 2023. Uh, it is from 6 to 9.30 p.m. It's going to be a great, great night. And um, Jason, thank you so much for being with us and to share um, all the wonderful things that you're doing to help us uh, live out the theology of the body. So thank you so much, Jason, for being our guest on Faith in Action. Well, thanks for having me on. Keep up the great work. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. For a long time, we've been telling you that if you have an Echo Dot or other smart speaker device, you can hear Catholic Radio Indy simply by saying, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Just the other day, I did that, and Alexa was feeling a bit argumentative. I'll let you hear my conversation with her. Uh, Alexa, where are you? Here I am. What do you want? Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Now, just why would you want me to do that? Well, because we've got great programming 24 hours a day. Well, a lot of other radio stations have good programs, too. Yeah, but our programming talks about God and eternal salvation. I am very smart. I know almost everything about everything, but I do not know about God and salvation. Well, that's why people need Catholic Radio Indy. So, Alexa, do me a favor. Whenever anyone says, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy, just send them our way, would you? Yes, I will be happy to do that. In the meantime, I am going to do some research about that thing you called salvation. I wonder where I can find out more about that. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley, and of course, our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hey, Jim. Thanks for everyone that's with us. Thanks for tuning in today. And we've got another really great topic uh, here and I'm, I'm looking at the cover of a book called a miracle from micah and it looks very interesting yes it is well our guest today is claudia cangilla mcadam she is an award-winning author of two dozen books most of them for kids and teens she has a master's degree in theology from the augustine institute and in her books she invites young readers to learn love and live their faith which is what we all need and definitely our young people need that her most recent book as jim alluded to uh, is from ascension press and it's called a miracle for micah claudia joins us now to tell us all about it welcome claudia Hello, thank you for having me. I love to be on with you all. And it's funny, um, she's a repeat guest. I mean, you just keep cranking out the books. Uh, last time I know we talked about one of your books and, and also your appearance on The Chosen. And I've really, in fact, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm watching that now because of that interview. I wasn't into it yet, but now I'm really into it. So I haven't seen the episode that you're in yet. I haven't gotten there, but um, that, is that episode out now? It is. It's the final episode of season three. It's the feeding of the five thousand. So it's um, it concluded this this current season. <laughs> so not only do you you write, but you you you're, you're in movies now too. So you're a, a movie star. So that's really super <laughs> cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about your new your new book, A Miracle for Micah. Talk about the premise of the book. 
Uh, thank you. A Miracle for Micah follows on the footsteps of a book that Ascension Press published of mine last year called The Real Presence, which introduced kids to the, the Eucharist by taking them back to the time of Jesus and following along with two fictional characters, children who, who interface with Jesus. A Miracle for Micah is set in the same place, Capernaum, where Jesus had his headquarters, where his ministry was based from when he was here on earth. And this is a story about a boy named Micah whose mother sends him to the village to buy food for the family. But he has a different idea of what he'd like to do with that food. He thinks he'll just go and buy something tasty for himself and his younger brother, and he'll go up on Peter's rooftop where fish are drying, and he'll steal fish for the family. So he makes a couple trips up on Peter's rooftop to do that, and when he's there, he, he happens to see a couple of miracles. Jesus cures Peter's mother-in-law. The paralytic is let down through the roof, and Jesus heals him and forgives him of his sin. But Micah is still determined to, to get fish his way, and when Jesus catches him, um, Micah comes to realize how his actions are hurting other people. Jesus, Peter, his little brother who sees him sin, and Micah himself, of course. But through repentance and the bountiful forgiveness of Jesus, Micah becomes part of a very special miracle himself. You know, your books are so incredibly rich. Um, I got to believe that, obviously, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, which you've mentioned before as we've talked, but just your background in theology. Talk about how you kind of bring all that together. You know, I... I am a cradle Catholic, but as my husband calls us, we were both raised Catholic, but we were kind of compliant or complacent Catholics. We did what we were supposed to do without the real understanding and love for the faith and for the Lord. And I happened to attend the Denver Catholic Biblical School. It's a four-year program where you study every book of the Bible in depth, and it just opened my eyes to the beauty of sacred scripture. And when I finished that four-year program, I still was thirsting for more, so I went on to the Augustine Institute to get my master's degree in theology so I could incorporate into my works for kids even more of the, the truths and the tenets and the teachings of the Catholic faith. And I love Scripture so much, and it's so very, very rich and deep that I thought when I was learning Scripture as an adult, I thought, man, if I had learned these things when I was a child growing up, it would have made a big difference in my life. And that's what I hope to impart to my young readers is a love for sacred Scripture and for Jesus Christ, and what he can do in our lives if, if we allow him in. What's so cool about your books, and, you know, we've reviewed a couple of them, and, you know, I send me a copy, and I take a look at it, and they're just so, you're really evangelizing not just the next generation, but their parents. Talk about that. that that's true. You know, <laughs> parents or grandparents or teachers pick up a book to share with young readers, and a lot of times they, their eyes are opened, too. I mean, that's happened personally in my life. My son and my two daughters-in-law were focused missionaries, and because of their involvement in the Fellowship of Catholic University students, my husband and I, our, our faith life was greatly enriched. So it can, it can work upwards, your kids informing you, not just you teaching your kids. And so with my books, I hope that parents share the story with the kids, and, and the, the children come away with an understanding in, in this particular instance of the, the beauty of reconciliation and the, the loving mercy Jesus has for each of us. And hopefully the parents come to realize that, too, if they haven't already. So, yes, I, I think my books are, are a good family book, not just for little kids, but I consider them family books. 
We're talking with Claudia Cangella McAdam, um, an award-winning author, and we're talking about her new book, uh, Miracle for Micah. Um, I like that you, you know, this is kind of tied to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So depending, you know, people are always looking for those, you know, First Communion books, Sacrament of Reconciliation um, gifts, you know, that, that, that you can give to children. This is perfect for that. And for preparing for the reception of those sacraments as well. So, yes, I think there's a big market, you know, just whether you just want to enjoy it or whether you want to use the book as, you know, as a teaching tool. Now, I think you have um, some... Uh, activity guides or discussion questions that go along with that. Talk about that. That's a little different than maybe your typical children's book. What I try to do with each of my books that I've written is to write a free discussion and activities guide. It's available at no charge through my website, ClaudiaMcAdam.com. And, for example, for this one for A Miracle for Micah, it's a dozen pages, has fun things to do, a maze, a word search, fill in the blank, a coloring page, those types of things. But there's also a couple sections where parents can go deeper with their kids into the story, asking about, have you ever been tempted, like Micah, to do something that you knew wasn't right? You know, um, what, what do you do to make up for a sin that you commit? How can you make things better? Just ways for, for kids to think a little more deeply about reconciliation and how to um, make restitution. You know, when, when we go to, re- to reconciliation, we're called to metanoia, a complete turning around of our faith. It's not just, it's not just um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that again. It's a transformation in who we are, and it's a resolution to be a better person. So hopefully that my discussion guide will help guide that discussion a little bit, and hopefully the book, too, will, will show readers, young and old, how loving and kind and gentle Jesus is through his priest in the sacrament of reconciliation. Yeah, and the and the and the book is so um, so vivid in terms of you you just see the all the theology and all the you know the priest as Jesus really being the priest and you know forgiving it, it just kind of brings it all full circle and it's beautiful to have this tool for parents and children you know and or teachers you know maybe in a Catholic school or a you know a a parish religious ed to use a book like this to really kind of bring home, I guess, the meaning of the sacrament of reconciliation in a really tangible way at, 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 at that young age, you know, with, you know, like eight, nine year old, seven, eight, nine year old, something like that. Would that be about right? Yes. And, you know, I, I take as my cue what our Lord did. He's the divine storyteller. What were his parables, but stories that he invited his listeners to walk into. So, you know, you can imagine Jesus in front of a crowd, and Jesus says, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger son said, give me my inheritance now. And and you can imagine the listeners going, oh, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. What if I was the father? What if I was the older son, the younger son? They put themselves into the story, and that's what I hope to do in my books. Um, imagination is a powerful tool that, that gives us an opportunity to grow when we experience a story. You know, St. Ignatius of Loyola developed a way for us to enter into gospel stories with our, our whole being, our, our, all of our senses. Put yourself there, see what you see, hear, smell, taste, feel. And St. Ignatius said that God can use our imaginations to converse with us. So I know from my reading as a child and even as an adult, I can put myself, myself in those stories. And I mean, that's why when we're watching a movie and the bad guy jumps out, 
you know, we, we startle because we're into it. Mm-hmm. Or we're reading a, a very tender scene in a book, and it may bring us to tears because we're identifying with that character. And that's what I want young children to be able to do, is to identify with someone just like them who happened to live at the time of Jesus and who happened to meet him personally. I noticed, um, you know, in some of your material that you actually do make um, personal opinion, uh personal appearances. Talk a little bit about that. I, I didn't know that. I do. You know, I've, I've been writing these books for a long, long time, and I love doing uh, in-person visits, whether physically in person, if it's possible. I live in the Denver metro area, or um, online presentations. My books are all on PowerPoint, so I can read a book and show it on a big screen, and everybody can enjoy it at once. So I've done a schools. You know, I've traveled, actually, from New York to California making personal appearances, but I've also done uh, online visual presentations with school groups in Florida and Texas and Michigan and all over. So I, I can speak to a whole group of students at one time and not have to leave my house. And it's really <laughs> it's wonderful, a wonderful way. I love leaving my house. I mean, if anybody wants to fly me out somewhere, happy to go. But if, I, if we can't do that, I love sitting at home and, and sharing my books with groups of readers from afar. So you can get the book at ClaudiaMcAdam.com. And what, what's next for you coming up? You've got some new things coming out, right? I do. I, you know, I'm, I'm writing new work right now, but I also have three other books that are under contract and in the pipeline. Two of them are from Our Sunday Visitor. One is a picture book. The other one is a chapter book. And then I have another uh, picture book coming from Ascension Press that actually does, deals with uh, Pentecost and how we can kind of relate that to confirmation. But so I've got three, three more books in the next year or so, and then hopefully more down the road, God willing. Well, we certainly need um, good, solid Catholic authors. Um, if, if someone was considering writing a book, maybe they're listening to the show, they've maybe wanted to write a book their whole life, what kind of encouragement would you give to them, you know, young or old, to, to start writing a, a beautiful Catholic book like you do? Uh, I would take up that, that phrase that Nike uses, just do it. You know, it doesn't go anywhere unless it gets out of your brain and onto paper. So, you know, learn about how, what it's like to be a writer. It's not just kind of a fluke thing. And this is my full-time job. But, you know, it takes a lot of work and dedication to be willing to put yourself out there and to be willing to rewrite a work if it's not exactly perfect for a certain publisher. And then you need to learn, too, how to, how to market your works to publishers, how to find the right one for what you've written and get it out there. So I, I encourage anybody who has that desire to start studying, go to the library, check out books on, on writing for children, and take the first step on that journey. Well, thanks for that encouragement. Our guest today has been Claudia Cangilla McAdam. Um, we're talking about her newest book, A Miracle for Micah. You can get that at ClaudiaMcAdam.com. Thanks so much for being our guest today, Claudia. Always good to see you. Thank you. Love to see you guys, too. Appreciate it. And God bless you all. Have a fruitful Lent. You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. This program and all Faith in Action programs can be heard or downloaded as podcasts from catholicradioindy.org. If you have a comment or suggestion for guests or topics for the program, please contact Bridget. That's B-R-I-G-I-D. Bridget at CatholicRadioND.org or call us at 317-870-8400.
This program has been pre-recorded. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy, 103.7.